Welcome to the Hope Thing and Native American podcast, where we discuss focused topics within tribal housing and self-determination. I'm Brooke Warrington, the Training and Development Specialist here at the NLC. With me is Awista Atkins, the Training and Development Coordinator. And today we'll be talking with representatives from the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Our special guests today are Larry Klutz, Priority Telecommunications Service Area Representative, or PAR for short, for Department of Homeland Security, Office of Emergency Communications for FEMA Regions 6 and 8. We have Kathy Orcutt, Priority Telecommunications Services Area Representative for Department of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity, and Infrastructure Security Agency Emergency Communications Divisions for CISA Regions 9 and 10. Jim Fogarty, Priority Telecommunications Services Area Representative for Regions 3 and 5. And Bruce Belt, Priority Telecommunications Services Area Representative for the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Regions 1 and 2. So we got a nice full house here today, folks. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, I know we have done an episode with your program in the past, but just in case any of our listeners aren't sure, can anyone speak to, in general, what the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency does, specifically your priority services program? Thank you, Brooke. This is Larry Klutz. I'll take a stab at that for you. The Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency covers a vast area of services. Primary primary focus is on the cyber community, obviously, as well as the infrastructure uh, protection and then the emergency communications division where we address more specifically emergency communications and all the various forms that it is. Under the emergency communications division, there's a subdivision of priority services, and that's what we'll be talking about mostly today. Uh, the priority services division really addresses the suite of services that were designed to allow uh, agencies and organizations to communicate when the public networks, both landline and cellular, are in a congested mode, which occurs when there's an increased calling that goes beyond the capacity of the commercial networks. Uh, when that happens, it's very difficult. You may have experienced it sometime in your past, especially in the very inclement weather that Florida, in fact, in the Gulf Coast and the Atlantic seaboard encounter where calling is very difficult. Well, if you're in emergency response, emergency recovery services, uh, you, your call is critical and time is of the essence. So you need to have an assurance that you're gonna be able to complete your call in a timely fashion. So our services help address that and then provide very high level call completion rates throughout the United States and the territories during these situations. Thank you for explaining your amazing program. Can you go ahead and please tell us about the Gardner interest for webinars? Yes, and, and webinars have been very effective. I know for us, the ones that we have generated and the ones we partnered with other uh, groups and agencies on in the past. Uh, it's a way for people to dial in on their um, at their convenience and get the very important information. Um, we have some that are ongoing seminars, and then we have some that are one-time seminars that we may address more uniquely for a certain group. Uh, these webinars are, are very good in that they give a good overview of the services. Uh, in some cases, how to use the services, and more importantly, how to integrate these services into your daily routine, as well as you're into your emergency protocols when it comes for communications. 
the webinars are either, are very can either be very structured or they can be very open for discussion. Sometimes we find that the open discussion webinars are sometimes the more effective because people can ask those really relevant questions that are pertinent to their environment. We know that everybody has a different situation. Uh, so, so webinars are very, very useful, and they have the added benefit that they can be recorded and watched again at a later time. Larry, do you offer any webinar through your services? Great question. Yes, we do. We do scheduled webinars throughout the year uh, where we'll do advertising and we'll get that out to our respective districts or at a national level. And then we do ad hoc webinars for our individual subscribing organizations and agencies. So we work very closely to tailor those webinars for each group's stated needs. We have a twice yearly, we have a national webinar of the Priority Services user community where people can dial in to the, it's about an hour and a half call. We cover a varied various topics from performance standards right on into specific use cases. And then we give some time in many cases, what's going on in the industry and how things are progressing in progressing in the emergency communications community. So there are a myriad of different webinars. We partner with outside partners on many cases to provide these webinars. So keep an eye out. There will be some available to you and they will be very beneficial. And we really do encourage you to join the webinars. And we're especially excited folks because we're gonna be doing our own webinar on January 16th. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I wanted to ask, do you guys do anything in the way of technical assistance? Actually we do. And really we treat those on a very much a, a one-off basis for each of our interested parties. It could be a very simple thing on what are the services and how do they work to more extensive, how do we integrate these services into our emergency operation planning? How do we make sure that we're getting the full benefit of the services? So anything in between, we really can address on a very specific level. I know I've worked with agencies in the past where we will work with them specifically on developing such things as PACE plans, which I won't dwell on right now, but just being prepared for the inevitable. Uh, we know it's not if something is going to happen. We know that it will happen. It's just we don't know when. So preparation, planning are critical. So these TAs or technical assistance services that we provide really get into those specifics and we can help create those for each respective organization. What kind of cost would that incur for the organization needing help? There's absolutely no cost for any of our services to provide you technical assistance, to consult with you, even to travel to your location and conduct sessions on, on site. Uh, we do many of them over some of our video platforms. All And two of our three services are also come with no fee, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, but our guests and our WPS service are absolutely zero cost to our subscribing organizations and users. Uh, we do have one service that may carry a fee from the respective carrier, but uh, we can get into that a little bit deeper later. That's incredible. Um, 
Most of our listeners are people living in tribal lands. Have you done any kind of work with tribal lands before? Do you have any stories to maybe share about some successes you've had along the way? Yeah, and I'll speak generic to that because, again, just like all organizations, tribal nations all are a little bit different. Their environments are different geographically. Their needs are different. Their structures are different. So we try to really address each tribal nation as a standalone entity and really address their specific needs. Uh, My experience in tribal nations has been across the Southwest primarily. Um, And uh, in the Southwest, tribal nations tend to be extremely rural communities. So that adds a layer of complexity on uh, not just emergency communications, but on many of things. Getting broadband into the tribal territories is a challenge in many cases. And it's also a challenge for our commercial carriers to provide um, cellular services into the lands. Typically, they might only be concentrated where your larger population community is, but as you start to branch out into the vastness of the nation, there can be very little to no cellular or even landline communications. So we really try to work with each respective uh, nation to see what the case is, see if there is a solution. Unfortunately, in some cases, there's just not a good solution uh, because the commercial carriers uh, may or may not be in a position to provide the costly uh, build-outs that it takes to get cellular service into some of the lands. So we try to work with each nation. Some are more rural and excuse me, more suburban or urban environment. I know I've worked with a small nation in El Paso, Texas. It's all within the city of El Paso. So that is really, as far as communications go there, they're pretty much just like everybody that surrounds them. But again, it's really the vastness of the Southwest and I'm in the Northwest, as well as many other places across the country. And I suspect even in Florida, again, the challenges are just getting these services to those various locations. Absolutely. So would it be possible to maybe explain a scenario where some of these services that you offer would come into play and how that would help somebody in need? Certainly. Most basically, our priority services are a voice priority service. They're comprised of government emergency telecommunication service, or we call it GETS. We do like to acronym everything. The the cellular priority service is called wireless priority services, or WPS. Both of these services work similarly, but they are different. The GETS service is a priority calling service over the traditional commercial landline network. Uh, You may have experienced sometime in your past where you'll try to make a call and you might get a recording that says all circuits are busy. Please hang up and try your call again. That's an indicator that the commercial networks are in congestion mode. Congestion modes can be created by any number of things. They're not always dark sky uh, situations. They can be blue sky events, parades, large gatherings for festivals, anything where you get a, a, a higher than 
normal grouping of people trying to generate calls at the same time. The commercial networks are not designed to handle 100% of the offered load of calling. So our services give you or the caller, the subscribed caller, the ability to place that call when others can't. Um, I know in Florida, you're familiar with Disney World, and you might be familiar with the FastPass concept at Disney World, where you don't want to wait in line. So you acquire a FastPass in advance, and then when you're ready to ride, you walk right up to the front of the line, and then you get in the next available seat, and you get to ride. It's a loose analogy, but our services work very similarly to that. By being subscribed to that service, you get first access to make your call through the commercial networks, both landline and cellular. Wireless priority service also gives you an added benefit in that at the cellular level, uh, where a lot of the congestion happens for a cellular caller, uh, maybe you're at a large sporting event, again, another parade, or just where there is a large grouping of people all trying to use their cell phones at the same time. And again, we probably all experienced that at some point. You'll see people trying to hit the redial button on their cell phone and hoping they land on an open channel. Well, utilizing wireless priority services, it gives you, puts you into a queue for the very next available path to place the call. Uh, these times are very, very short, most times five to 10 seconds only delay. And then you're given priority on that call throughout that cellular provider's network. In the cases where the congestion could lie in the landline portion of that call, and you're calling from your cellular service, <clears throat> The, the benefit is you can make a combined CATS and WPS call that actually give you priority throughout the cellular portion of the call, as well as the landline portion of that call. Now, to make all of this easier, we've developed a dialer application that automates that entire calling process for you. So we have done a number of things to enhance your experience when trying to make calls during a congestion situation. Oh my gosh, that's such an incredible service. I know for me, the main thing that comes up, comes to mind is during the hurricanes, when you can't get a hold of anybody, you don't know what's going on with your family in the area, you don't know what's going on with work, with your loved ones. So I know definitely a time where something like that could come in handy, as well as I think we've all had the experience of being in a crowded event. For me, it's like live concerts where you get separated from your friends, and then it's like, kind of just have to kiss them goodbye for the rest of the night, because can't get your phone to work and that's that you know maybe you bump into them and get lucky but otherwise you know without some kind of service like this it won't really happen you're not able to reconnect so that's incredible both in emergency situations as well as just you know a crowded area like you were saying so I can I can see how this is very very helpful to people and like you said especially down here in Florida we have those hurricanes they knock out everything and you don't know what's going on so very, very incredible product that you guys offer, very incredible services. Do you have any other scenarios that you would want to share or past work that you've done where you were able to successfully use your services to help those living in Indian country? 
Well, let's just use the Florida example, if we may, as you had stated so very well, that when the hurricanes come through, uh, there's a number of dynamics that can occur. Number one, if it's, if it's a large wind situation or even some flooding situations, the networks can actually be impacted from a physical level uh, to where they have limited services available or no service at all. What happens in those cases is that the the responsibility or the load for taking and making those calls sometimes will fall on the adjacent cellular infrastructure to make those calls unless it's a wider spread damage. Now, one thing our services don't do is, and I, I tell my clients is, GPS and GETS do not fix broke. So if you don't have a signal, you will not be able to utilize the service. However, sometimes the services are just extremely limited because of the additional load of having part of the network not working. So in Indian country, if you are, are blessed to have a robust cellular infrastructure, uh, which I, I don't experience that quite very often, it's usually the opposite. Um, you may be taxed in those cases to get a signal from an adjacent cellular providing cell tower. Uh, so in some of those cases, having that service because of even the increased call demand on the remaining infrastructure, uh, these services can give you that benefit of taking you to the top of the list and making your call first when other callers are not. Um, the other thing is getting infrastructure into some of the tribal nations, uh, and that sometimes is very problematic. In many cases, it can be extremely costly, and it's then who, who bears the cost of that. So in, in the tribal nations, there are some even extenuating circumstances that can exacerbate the whole thing. So GATS and WPS are tools. They are tools that are of arsenal, in your arsenal of other tools. So keeping them all in, in perspective of where they fall into your communications needs is critical. So in tribal nations, as well as other locations, that's where it's really important for us to come in and work with you in technical assistance situations to try to identify those potential areas of weakness and then to do what can be done to address those in the event one of those situations arises. Thank you, Larry. That was lovely. I love Cyber Infrastructure Agency. I've had you guys on the podcast before with Jessica and she went into a deep, deep dive into technical assistance and how you guys provide that. Is there anything that you would like to give just a little snippet on the technical assistance regarding the bandwidth? Certainly, as I stated earlier, within the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, we address cybersecurity needs, which are pretty obvious, um, how, to be how to be prepared and protected, and then what do you do to mitigate a, an intrusion or <clears throat> some nefarious things that potentially could happen. But on the infrastructure side of that, uh, infrastructure is not always just part of a network. It can be the physical infrastructure as well. We have a, what our third service within our portfolio of services is called telecommunication services priority. And that is a priority restoration service for pre-identified critical circuits. As we all know, we have become very, very reliant upon IP-based services. And most of that traverses the internet. 
So if you have your internet connection and it's down and you have a reliance upon that, especially in public safety and response and the communications with your tribal members, um, that can be a very critical resource for you. If that is down, uh, that kind of leaves you sometimes without that critical tool. With our TSP services, specific to the infrastructure, if that circuit goes down and you are subscribed to our TSP service, you get priority restoration on getting your critical circuits back up and working. Uh, it'll it the all of the carriers uh, participate in that. In fact, it is a mandated service by the FCC to all local exchange carriers. Those are the carriers that fall under the tariff guidelines of each state's public utilities commission so the carriers are very cognizant of that and when you report a service a circuit that is a tsp registered circuit your circuit gets worked on before anybody else's circuit does it does not provide service level agreement capacity in fact it supersedes any service level agreements that you may have with a specific carrier uh, and it gets your service back in service as as rapidly as it is physically possible to do. It is a very, very effective service, and all of the carriers are very good about observing this and responding to your needs. So on the for TAs on the infrastructure side, introducing these services into the overall technical assistance plan, and then following that, your planning plan, telecommunication services priority or TSP, is a critical tool for you to really consider and then to employ in your network. Thank you for giving us the details. We greatly, truly, we greatly, truly appreciate you being here today and sharing all this great information and really taking a deep dive into your program and talking about the PARS and what they do. Um, is there anything that you would like to share as final notes? Uh, yeah, just from the PAR perspective, there are six of us across the country currently. Each of us are responsible for two CISA regions. The CISA regions in the United States mirror the FEMA regions, if you're more familiar with the FEMA regions. And we are out there. We are free of charge. Everything we do is complementary to our subscriber base, our stakeholders. Utilizes to create awareness planning, response efforts, and recovery efforts. We will come in and work with you on, again, trying to identify what those might be. We also help train our new organization's points of contact on how to administer the program. We work to provide a bunch of a, a, a listing of best practices across the country, uh, not only just what everybody's doing, but more specifically by sector. Uh, specifically, in your case, in tribal nation community, we would work with you on your particular challenges to really to ferret out what those weaknesses or those potential weaknesses could be in your respective uh, situations and then work with you on that planning. And again, we're free. And I say that a lot because everybody thinks there's a cost, but there's not. And then we help you to enroll in those services as appropriate and then help to create tools that help you best manage your subscriber base on an ongoing basis. I myself, and I know a few of my colleagues with some of our larger clients, we have standing 
uh, training sessions twice yearly, uh, where we will set a date out six months and it will be open to any new users in that customer uh, customer's location and or their base, uh, as well as refresher training for any of those. We find one of the weaknesses of our services is not the service itself. It is the knowledge and the awareness of the service, how to use it, when to use it. So by us providing that training, it makes your users that much more effective and less frustrated when there's an actual event occurring and trying to recall how do these services work. We want you to have that training ahead of time and we want to encourage consistent use of these services even during blue sky environments. It's an important thing to do to build that muscle memory. So go reach out to your PARs uh, on our website. There is actually a map uh, listing each of us and our respective responsible areas. So reach out to us directly and we will be more than happy to meet with you either virtually or come out and meet with you on site, whatever works best for each of our tribal nations. That was very sweet. I know a lot of um, in Indian country, it's just very hard to get help out on the reservations because they are so far in distance so it is incredible that you are here and not only you but the pars are all willing to help and are willing to answer any questions and not only the pars but just all of the free technical assistance and the free webinars so there's something for everybody if you can if you're unable to do one of them so all your options are incredible and i just want to thank you once again for being here before i close out are there any questions anything else that we want to mention before i close out no just to thank just to thank you for this opportunity to come to you uh, and, and provide this. You mentioned Jessica Caputa earlier, Jessica being the assistant tribal liaison. We work very closely with, with Jessica, especially in setting up meetings and, and training sessions that make that available. So it's, we're not a small island that are out trying to reinvent the wheel at any time. We work with, the, with organizations within CISA to really make sure that you're afforded the best information in a timely fashion. Uh, and there is an ongoing resource. So please use us. That's what we live for. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much, Larry, for these explanations of your different programs, different services that you offer. I just wanted to remind everybody that while this was just a podcast episode, we are going to be doing a full webinar come January 16th of 2024. So be on the lookout because we'll be able to go quite a bit more in depth to the programs and services that they offer through CISA. And you can get to see more of Larry. So that's always fun, too. I just want to thank everybody again for the time to come and meet with us today and talk about the amazing programs and services that you offer. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks to Larry once again. Truly incredible information given to us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And as always, thanks for listening to Hope a Thing, a Native American podcast. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also visit our website, www.nativelearningcenter.com, to find information on upcoming webinar and virtual trainings. And be sure to come back for more content. Also, all links will be in the subscription box below. So don't forget to check out your map to see where your PARs are located.